Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, it is the last podcast episode of 2021. And what are we going to talk about today? Well, there's a lot of movies that are really highly anticipated for next year. And Fandango ran a survey and polled some of their ticket buyers to see what they are looking forward to most. So let's talk about that and some other stuff. It's the Talking Talk Pod Showcast. Coming at you now. everybody happy new year or happy new year's eve depending on when you watch or listen to this episode um it's your host renee uh with the talking talk pod showcast and this is the last episode of the year moving into 2022 hopefully for bigger and better things and hopefully everyone will be in a lot better moods and better head spaces and just overall better conditions as a whole so uh thank you for tuning in for those of you who are regulars appreciate you as always uh and if you're new and just swinging on by for the first time welcome this is a talking talk pod showcast your unofficial weekly pop culture podcast where i talk about movies video games streaming collectibles what have you and i put my little spin on things so thank you for stopping by once again and as a reminder for audio listeners hello to you out there in podcast world uh you can also hear the episodes every week on your podcast platform of choice whether it's apple Podcasts, spotify google amazon what have you it is all there under the Loki Geek Podcast channel. So be sure to check out those episodes there as well. And my Pixel phone is going nuts because I said the infamous G word. But anyways, so let's dive into some things. Um, as what happens every year around this time, news is kind of slow. So not a lot to talk about, but there are some things that I would love to discuss um, that may have slipped through the cracks um, for some of you. Uh, and then I wanted to just touch base on, on things there. Um, but there's one thing that you can't ignore that's always been circulating around the news, and that's the popularity of Spider-Man. No Way Home has been killing it at the box office, beating the pandemic. People are going out in droves watching this movie, not just here in the U.S., but internationally as well the movie has not yet opened up in china but yet spider-man no way home crossed the one billion mark um one of the first movies to do it in a while um definitely one of the first comic book movies to do it since i think endgame but definitely want to check out some of the current numbers here because it is quite a feat i have to say and uh, let me get this browser going um but as you can see here uh numbers through 1229 uh this 29th is a wednesday and spider-man no way home pulled in 20 million dollars for a wednesday 
here domestically. We haven't seen numbers like this in a long time. Um, for some movies, 20 million is their opening weekend, believe it or not. Um, I've been following the box office numbers all year, ever since cinemas started opening up again. And we started getting movies out into the theaters. And this is phenomenal. This is quite an achievement. As you can see, to date, um, as of the 29th, domestically, it has made $536 million. Again, huge numbers here. But let's take a look at the overall international box office and worldwide. So internationally, the movie has crossed $644 million. That's even more than uh, the latest James Bond movie, No Time to Die did, in a short period of time. Need I remind you, it's only been out for 14 days. That's officially two weeks now. And it's already crossed $644 million. But here's the huge number right here. Worldwide, $1.1 billion. That is phenomenal. And like I said, this is not factoring in China. Whenever they can get their stuff settled, whenever you know China says that this movie is good to run, I don't know what the holdup is. Uh, they have their own protocols or what have you and quantifying things as to when to open movies, especially movies from the U.S. Who knows when that's going to happen? Well, when it does, that's going to prove to be huge numbers, I believe, as well. So 1.1 that is going to have a lot of legs and it's going to still have room to grow. I think we're going to be looking at probably 1.5. Um, you know, we have no other huge movies coming out in the next couple of weeks. So this is going to be huge stuff once Spider-Man No Way Home opens up more uh, in more countries out there. So phenomenal success for this movie. Um I can't speak enough about it. I, it's still in my mind, very fresh. I've seen the movie three times already. And with each viewing, all the same beats hits me the same. Uh, it's just phenomenal. It's a movie, a perfect movie to close out the year. And the movie that has been able to bring people out in back into theaters, many for the first time, um, and enjoy this movie. And again, perfect timing also because of the holidays. You have a lot of families who want to watch this movie together. Um, you know, so it, it's, you can't, again, it's a, an amazing feat here. And I'm very, very happy for it. Um, and uh, looking forward to what we're going to get next moving forward within that franchise. So very, very cool stuff there. Uh, another thing that kind of uh, hit the airwaves, uh, airwaves, here I am, I'm showing my age a bit. I, I'm a, a person who grew up on radio. I may, I may have mentioned this previous times, but um, I was a huge Howard Stern fan. That's kind of what got me wanting to do like a podcast for a very long time. I started late, but you know, my memories uh, always fall around radio. So airwaves, hit the wires, whatever you want to call it. But uh, with the success of Ghostbusters Afterlife, um, they announced that they were going to come out with a special Ultimate Ghostbusters Blu-ray set. And this set looks phenomenal. Um, 
comes in a very, very cool packaging that looks like a ghost trap. I don't have a picture here, but I saw a picture later on, uh, an updated photo that shows that the when you open up the trap, the box, it lights up. Very cool stuff. And it's going to include all three of the canon films. I call them canon films because these are the movies that fall within the same universe. So you got Ghostbusters 1, 2, and Afterlife, right? When this was announced, obviously there was a big stir that was caused because it didn't include the 2016 Ghostbusters movie that Paul Feig did. With the whole female cast, you know, and uh, not so great reviews or reactions from this movie. Now, I saw the movie and the movie was okay. I don't hate it. I blame really just a bad the bad writing in the movie. I don't think it was a good story. I think it was a huge mistake to tease the movie as if it was part of the same universe. If you look at the early trailers back when it first came when they first came out, they were hinting that this was all within the same universe. You know, they said like, oh, 30 years ago, blah, blah, blah. This movie came out, yada, 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 or these scientists, yee. But when you watch the movie, obviously, they didn't follow any of that stuff. It was its own world. And they had cameos from like Bill Murray and, you know, Ernie Hudson and Dan Aykroyd. But they weren't even playing their own characters. They were playing other random characters in the movie. So it threw a lot of people off, but they were making a lot of references from the original movies and all that stuff like that. So it confused a lot of people, obviously. So when this set was first announced, obviously, it made sense to me that it only included the canon movies, right? As it should, because they all follow the same universe. But Paul Feig took to Twitter, aired out his displeasement, displeasement, displeasure, his unhappiness um, about not having his movie included, uh, stating that, you know, he has good relationships with Sony, he's not sure why this is happening, blah, 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 blah. So he caused a big stink and it went viral, right? So Sony, what they decided to do finally was said, okay, we're going to finally include the movie in this box set as a digital download. So there's not going to be a physical disc involved, hoping that it will please the fans of the 2016 movie and kind of their way of apologizing for forgetting that. Now, I don't care either way. I already actually own a digital copy of the movie. I got it for free as a promotion or something like that. I have not even watched it. I have not watched that movie since I saw it in the theater because I just didn't like it. You know, again, I don't hate the movie. I just didn't really like it. Um, the actresses involved were, were fine. Some were a little bit over the top. You know, the chemistry wasn't really all there for me. The only really big standout in the movie was um, Chris Hemsworth. And he was so hilarious in that movie. And I think for many of us, that was the first time we really get, got to see how funny he really can be. Um, and he was a huge stand on the movie. But either way, I would take it or leave it, right? I was going to be perfectly fine because we are getting a lot of stuff in this box set as is. 
Um, the one that really, really pleases me is it's going to include a rare 114-minute preview cut of the film. Um, it is a version of the film that was used to, you know, for screenings and kind of get a first glimpse of how the movie was being put together. Uh, it has like alternate takes, uh, scenes that we haven't seen yet, early effects, all that stuff like that, uh, with commentary by associate producer Joe Medjuk and editor Sheldon Kahn. Now, if you follow um, Adam Savage, and his YouTube channel, um, the weeks leading to Ghostbusters Afterlife coming out, he's done interviews with a lot of people about the movie and because he's a huge Ghostbusters fan. And he even had a chance to sit down with um, Jason Reitman about the movie. And Jason was kind of giving him a tour of the offices and all that stuff like that. And one of the things he pulled out was a VHS copy of this exact preview cut. And he said this was something that was just recently unearthed and, you know, very happy to have this back in the archive and all that. So I love that they are including that into this new box set because I would love to see how this thing looked like in the early days before we saw the finished product. I'm a sucker for all that stuff. I love watching behind the scenes. I love um, being able to see the inner workings of how the movies are put together. Um, what are some of these alternate takes? Um, Bill Murray, um, it's been told that he had different lines for certain scenes, especially the scenes when they were busting out of the dining room hall uh, in the hotel, in the Hotel Sedgwick. Um, you know, when he came comes out and it's like, uh, you know, we we kicked his ass or whatever the case is, right? I forget the, the quote right now. But he had several different lines that he would use in each take. And, you know, they just went with the one that they thought was the funniest for them or that worked perfectly well within the movie. So I would love to see that in context as the movie is playing out, if that's one of the alternate scenes that is included. But yeah, so we're getting that. Plus, we have uh, auditions, eight auditions for the role of Dana Barrett that features Den Denise Crosby, Kelly LeBrock, and other people. Wow. You know... It reminds me of like when you saw the early footage of Back to the Future, um, you know, when it had um, what's his name? Um, uh, Marty McFly. I forget his name right now. Uh, Eric Stoltz. Yes, Eric Stoltz. Um, it reminds me of when you saw footage of, of, of Eric Stoltz in the role of, of Marty. So what could have been right? We all we all know if you are a fan of Ghostbusters and you know about the you know the building and forming of this script and the casting that the the original thought for Bill Murray's character was uh, Jim Bushi. Um, that's what Dan Aykroyd. That's who he had in mind when he was helping write this script. Unfortunately, he passed away, but we were lucky enough, and uh, you know. I think for better having Bill Murray as part of the cast because it really, really worked out. And it, Bill Murray, his personality and all that plays perfectly well in the role of uh, Peter Venkman. But to see who else could have been Dana and to see these auditions, that would have been a lot of fun, right? We're getting a new documentary 
called Ghostbusters Behind Closed Doors, a 90-minute documentary. Uh, Ghostbusters Daily, over an hour of raw dailies, encompassing seven scenes from the film. Dailies are basically, if you don't know, these are kind of recaps from the day's shooting. And the director, producers, all that stuff, this is what they look at to see like if everything was captured the way they wanted it, if they have to do any reshoots, something didn't work out. It helps out with the editing process and all that stuff like that. So again, a sucker for someone uh, like me who loves behind the scenes stuff, this is great stuff. Um, full TV broadcast version of the film alternate that features alternate tv safe takes now if you are familiar or if you're my generation whenever movies would be shown on network television um you know there would be some you know edits and alternate scenes uh, that would be included that sometimes you don't get to see in the theatrical version or in a version that was released on vhs at the time or dvd later on um, there's always like that look for these alternate versions that were only shown on TV broadcasts. So it'll be great to see or, you know, reintroduce to this version of the film because, you know, we don't get to see movies on Netflix television anymore. Yeah, we get to see movies on like TNT and cable and all that stuff like that. But there was something very different and magical about seeing a really huge movie on network television. I remember back when I was a kid being able to watch Star Wars on I think it was like NBC or I, I forget which um, network station had it here in New York but there would be like a it would be like a yearly thing like an annual thing where you get to see Star Wars uh, three days in a row or week after week um, and it was really a lot of fun and I felt like during those moments I would see scenes that I haven't seen on the VHS releases at the time. I'd be like, wait a minute, I don't remember that there. Um, you know, that's really cool. Or, you know, when you have your discussions with friends and you mention a scene you saw, like, oh, you know, I like that part of da 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 da. And they're like, wait a minute, I don't remember that. And I was like, yeah, it was on TV the other day. So, really, really cool to see that they're including that in here. They're really making this set world uh, worthwhile. I mean, they're charging 150 bucks for it. It better be, right? And then you're going to get some of the stuff that we have already had in previous releases. You got 16 deleted scenes, you know, the show is exhibitor reel, all this kind of stuff. Just too much to really mention um, now. But there's a huge running list here of things. And then in Ghostbusters 2, they're including a lot of new stuff too, like 19 deleted scenes, um, the soundtrack promo. Also, they're including the full TV broadcast version of the film. Um, a new uh, commentary set um, uh, that looks at two scenes from the film with Ivan and Jason Reitman um, and all this cool stuff. And then, of course, we're getting a lot of bu a bunch of extras for Afterlife, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun to look at. Now, what would have made this set a lot better is, and I'm sure it would have made it a lot more uh, expensive, is if they included all the animated shows, right? You know, the real Ghostbusters, uh, extreme Ghostbusters, you know, just to make this a full-fledged set for fans of Ghostbusters. Like, when they say Ultimate Collection, this is not the Ultimate Collection. You're missing, like, the, the cartoons and all that stuff like that because those cartoons were pivotal for a Ghostbusters fan um, growing up because we didn't get 
ghost you know movies like we get now with like marvel or star wars so the ghostbusters animated show was the continuation of the lore and the characters that we got that we were able to watch like almost every week right um and it continued the storylines and of course they came out with comic books and all that stuff which was also a lot of fun to read back then so it would have been nice if they included all the cartoons in here um that'd be a lot of fun um maybe later on down the line this could be something that they could do um it's you know today it's very hard to get a full complete set of the real ghostbusters you have so many different dvd sets and international sets that has episodes that you can't find here in the u.s um you can't really find extreme ghostbusters anywhere unless maybe you go to a comic book convention and you buy one of those bootleg dvds and all that um so it'll be nice just to have a complete 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 set oh don't even forget about like slimer and the real ghostbusters you know which was another continuation of the real ghostbusters right um because you you had the animated shows that played on a weekly basis on a weekday basis and then you had the saturday morning version too which were completely different types of animations so i'm hoping in the future we can get like a full complete set that has all of this stuff um i would imagine it won't be that difficult to do right um but for now this is a great set to own. Um, if you're interested in pre-ordering, I will include the link in the description of this episode. So be sure to check it out. I'm placing my pre-order in for this because I really want it. Um, controversy aside, you know, um, but everyone should be happy when it comes to fans of the movie collection here, of the movie, um, of the Ghostbusters universe. So really, really excited and fun stuff here. And again, interesting controversy involved there, but hopefully everyone is happy. Things are being included. Sorry, you're not going to get a physical disc of the 2016 Ghostbusters, but hey, it is what it is, right? So um, take it or leave it, right? So, uh, and let me just look up something real quick here. Uh, okay, never mind. But moving on. So, another piece of news that I found really interesting that dropped. Um, and, and by the way, let me know in the comments how you feel about the whole controversy with Ghostbusters. How big of a Ghostbusters fans are you? Um, are you looking forward to you know getting this set for yourself? Um, what would you have liked to see included? I mean, there's so much stuff already there. I don't know what. Um, but yeah, let me know your thoughts about Ghostbusters. But here, uh, news broke um, that Dark Horse Comics uh, has been recently acquired by video game giant Embracer. So really, really interesting news here. Now, for those of you who don't know, Dark Horse Comics is the third biggest comic book publisher in the world, or at least in the U.S., but no, in, in comic world, let's just say that. Of course, you got Marvel, DC. Dark Horse is considered to be more of like an independent label, right? But they have so much properties under, under its belt, and they've been around for a very long time. And I'm sure if you're a comic book fan, or at least if you're a fan of Hellboy, then you should be familiar somewhat with Dark Horse Comics. So it was an interesting thing that was announced that Embracer Group 
a Sweden-based parent company that includes publishing and development studios, Gearbox Software, THQ Nordic, Saber Interactive, Koch Media, Deep Silver, and Coffee Stain Studios. Um, big stuff under their belt. Gearbox obviously is the one that is responsible for the Borderlands uh, series. THQ, we already know, uh, if you are familiar with the video game industry and all that stuff like that. So acquiring such a huge uh, comic book publisher, Dark Horse, really lends itself to a lot of possibilities, right? Does that mean Dark Horse can start uh, publishing comics based off of the characters and stories from within the video games? And, vi and in reverse, or on the other side, now you could have potentially these software companies, these game companies, develop games based off of the Dark Horse properties, right? And I think that is where my enthusiasm comes from because I would love to get video games based off of Hellboy, Sin City, maybe even The Mask, you know? Um, to recap again, some of the properties that uh, fall under Dark Horse, you have The Mask, Time Cop, and Ghost. Um, they also have licensed properties under its library like Star Wars, Avatar The Last Airbender, Stranger Things, The Witcher, and Critical Role, and creator-owned series like Hellboy and Sin City. Now, don't hold your breath about you know seeing additional games within um, the Star Wars universe uh, unless you know they could strike some sort of licensing deal and all that stuff like that. I don't think we're going to see anything related to Avatar: The Last Airbender because that's more of a Nickelodeon property. Stranger Things, maybe I don't know. The Witcher, maybe I don't know. But it's really more about properties like The Mask, Time Cop. And the creator-owned series like Hellboy and Sin City. I don't see why they wouldn't want to lend their properties to create video games out of. Um, I believe back, oh yeah, back in the day, the, I'm going back to now, the Xbox 360 years. Uh, they did have a Hellboy game that I actually enjoyed quite a bit. You know, but God, how long ago was that? I would love to see something new and kind of reintroduce the whole franchise to us because we haven't gotten a movie in a while. Uh, we don't know if we're ever going to get another movie. Um, I was a huge fan of the animated movies that they came out with. Those things are brilliantly done. If you haven't seen any of those Hellboy animated movies, I highly recommend you check them out. Um, and Sin City, that whole world within itself is really, really intriguing. And it would be great to see what they could do um, video game wise, uh, with the storytelling within those the those uh, that series, because the first Sin City movie that came out, it still for me is top ten comic book movies of all time. The visuals, the way that the editing was done, the acting, everyone involved, and all that stuff like that, it was just really it really felt true to the comic books, to the graphic novels, and it felt like it was just straight adaptation onto the big screen and it was so well done so i'm so so excited and happy to see what potential could come out of this merger now uh, i believe the uh the merger will be completed sometime early in 2022 um but again it's just so you know exciting to hear what's going to happen let me not even forget 
as it mentions here, Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy is so big on Netflix. Um, the last couple of seasons have been really, really fun and really exciting. So could we, this lend to a potential Umbrella Academy game franchise or whatever have you? Again, it's possibilities are all over the place. And I just would love to see what could come out of all of this. Um, but Embracer has been very busy. So they've done other um uh, mergers or acquirements, I should say. And it, it's funny how Embracer has become like this huge, huge, secretly under the radar, huge company with all of these acquisitions. So they also have acquired Perfect World Entertainment, publisher of the now canceled Magic Legends and MMOs Neverwinter and Star Trek Online. Um, they also acquired Digic which is an animation studio uh, that has done commercial trailers and cinematics for games such as Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, Elden Ring, Destiny, and Halo. Uh, Shiver Entertainment, a game co-developer uh, who contributed to the development of Mortal Kombat and the Scribblenauts games. And Spot Film Networks, an advertising-based video on-demand channel network that... Um, it, as the article mentions, I've never heard of, unless you're deep into German uh, video on demand. Um, so, don't know what that means, but they have some sort of plan there. Uh, and again, it's just going to be really, really interesting what's going to come out of this uh, partnership and this uh, new uh, merger there. So, big, big movements there for Embracer and Dark Horse Comets. I read another article after this um that uh talks to some of the heads of dark horse and they're super excited about the possibilities moving forward and it you know it it makes sense too because it allows the brand to get spread out more to a broader audience right because it doesn't always translate you have people who love video games but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a big fan of comic books uh, and the same goes for the the reverse. You know, you have a lot of fans who love comic books, but that doesn't mean all of them play video games. So to be able to expand their audience and their reach, uh, I think is is going to be a great opportunity for both sides. Um, as long as the quality is there. Well, I mean, I'm just hoping that this is not going to turn into, again, I'm dating myself, like an LGN uh, nightmare where they have all these properties under their belts and they just churn out crap like really shitty adaptations of video games uh, off of these properties. So, um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, do a search on YouTube for LGN back in the Nintendo days, and you could see a lot of the crap that we were given. Um, so I'm just hoping it's not going to be that, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, interested to hear what you guys uh, and girls think about this uh, this this big piece of news and what would you be looking forward to like what is something that you would hope that could come out of this that you would be really extremely excited about uh, definitely do let me know uh, but sticking on with video games um, another uh, bit of controversy here that uh, you know kind of hit the, the news wire and the social medias uh, a couple weeks ago now if you had a chance to watch the Video Game Awards, um, or as I'd like to say, the Video Game 
E3 presentation because I felt like the majority of the show was not focused on awards per se, but it was focused on marketing, other uh, properties and promos and game trailers and all that stuff like that. I, I shared my thoughts on all that stuff in a previous episode. Um, but one of the biggest things that dropped during that time was that we were treated with a cinematic trailer for an upcoming Star Wars game called Eclipse. Um, when that trailer dropped, everyone was shocked because I don't think any of us was really expecting this type of uh, announcement to be made. And it was just really, really cool to see that they were working on a new Star Wars game uh, within a universe or a time period that a lot of us have been dying to explore more of. And that's kind of more along, along the High Republic time. And we, we know Lucas uh, Lucasfilm and the folks at Lucas and Disney, they're really, really pushing hard High Republic. Tons of books, tons of comics. Um, so they're really, really pushing a lot of that stuff to come out because that's like been their huge focus um, to kind of explore the time period of, of uh, the High Republic. So it was really cool to kind of see them announce that there's going to be a game centered around that as well. And not a lot has been said about the game at all. We don't really know what the story is really supposed to be about. Um, you know, uh, trailer did a really good job at teasing things. You know, yes, you see like Jedi's and Sith and you see some familiar, you know, planets and cities. You see Yoda in one scene. Um, so, you know, of course, the speculation is all over the place, but it's just really exciting to see what's going to happen here. And then it was announced that the one who is uh, associated with putting this game together is, um, uh, sorry, uh, something just flashed on my screen. That's really weird. Anyway, uh, Quantic Dream. Quantic Dream, who is uh, founded by David Gage, Cage, and... I'm going to butcher this name, William de Fodemerie, in 1997. Uh, it's a Paris-based studio and is best known for um, games that really, really had more narrative-heavy um, stories. So kind of like, you know, choose-your-own-adventure um, stories, um, kind of like gameplay. So I'm sure you're familiar with a lot of these, uh, Heavy Rain. Um, Beyond Two Souls, uh, Detroit uh, Become Human, which I really loved, by the way. I thought it was really, really awesome and interesting how they put that together. Um, so people are like, oh, okay, Quantic Dream is, is doing this, uh, and that's cool. But if you are within the industry and you hear the name Quantic Dream, uh, immediately you're going to be like, uh-oh. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. Why? Because Quantic Dream, unfortunately, is one of those video game publishers um, that fall under some of the non-worker-friendly uh, worker habits. You know, they are a full-on crunch mentality. So basically what that means is that, you know, they push their uh, employees to work overtime without really any additional pay, just to make sure that their milestones are met. Um, they are very well known for being very bad at treating their QA staff and all that. Uh, so, um, you know, 
even in 2018, there was a joint investigation. Uh, and here, let me share this. Uh, I'm reading this article off of Gizmodo. Um, in 2018, there was an investigation um, about uh, wide-ranging claims of toxic work workplace culture at the studio, including uh, the accusations of culture of crunch, like I said, uh, intense overtime, uh, violation of French labor laws by the studio's HR department, and all that stuff like that. Um, of course, you know there was uh, during that time, Quantic denied all those allegations, um, and even tried to countersuit. You know, saying that you know the, these publications and every everyone that was bringing up all these allegations are lying. Um, but then, you know, and then in 2021, uh, there was a joint investigation with uh, Canard PC and Mediapart, uh, but it's simultaneously uh, sided against the studio in its case against Mediapart. Uh, court citing that Mediapart had successfully proved its practices of reporting the investigation and all this kind of stuff like that. So there's a lot of been back and forth, right, about Quantic Dream and their practices, which, you know, Again, if you are familiar with the game industry or if you work in the game industry or at one point did like myself, this is something that is talked about a lot, right? And, you know, with all the stuff that Activision is going through this past year, this kind of behavior is really, really being put on the forefront now. And anytime that allegations or some sort of news about misbehavior in the workplace environment within a video game company it makes headlines right so another thing to add to this unfortunately is that there uh is some controversy around david cage himself about things that he have said um recently so while appearing before the court in, in June of 2021, Cage reportedly stormed out of the courtroom in tears after being made to hear a lawyer read out a list of alleged statements he had made to Quantic Dreams staff. This is quote. Anyway, in my games, all women are whores. Obviously, the article blocks it out, but I'm just going to say as it is. Was, uh, so that was one such purported statement read out during the trial, according to the independent French union Solidaris Informatique. Others purportedly included, quote, in the open space, there is a lack of tits, end quote. And, quote, at Quantic Dream, we don't make games for the F slur when it comes to gay people, end quote. Quantic Dream and its founders denied the allegations found in the reports in 2018 before um, bringing Mediapart and Le Monde to court that same year. So these are things that are being reported about him saying. Um, so obviously when all of this stuff is being pushed into social media and the forefront, Obviously, there's going to be a lot of people to talk about it, and a lot of people have things to say about it, and then a lot of mixed feelings about it. Now, according to this article, Cage's direct level of involvement with Star Wars Eclipse is unknown, outside of the writer slash director sharing its trailer on social media with the message that he was, quote, happy to reveal, end quote, Eclipse to the world, and that, quote, having the chance to contribute to this amazing franchise is a dream come true, end quote. Um... So it sucks. I'll be 
flat out honest with you. It really, really sucks. Because the one thing you don't want is to be excited about something and then have it spoiled because of a person's involvement within that thing you're excited about. Right? Um, And in the day and age that we live in right now, with cancel culture and all that stuff like that, it's kind of hard not to ignore a lot of these things that come out, whether they're accusations, you know, false or factual, uh, you have to really pay attention, right, to the individuals who are involved in a lot of this stuff. As we've learned in Hollywood, you know, it, we were able to suss out a lot of people that have displayed a lot of this behavior for the longest time. And it was always known that that behavior existed. It's just no one really truly spoke out about it. It was just always assumed that that's the norm. This is what you expect. I've worked in the game industry for several years in the past during a time when, again, these kinds of things were not talked about outside of the company, outside of events, outside of occurrences, because the culture was kind of, quote unquote, the norm, right? You know, things were settled behind closed doors, if anything was settled at all. But no one ever really spoke out about it because it's always been looked at as a boys club, a gentleman's club. It was a frat house, you know, things of that nature. Um, I've witnessed many things happen, you know, I've have friends who witness things that have happened. I've been part of companies that I've, you know, have done some questionable things, um, who've said tons of questionable things, you know, but what did we do? We just, you know, smirked and kind of moved on, you know, because again, it was something that was considered to be the norm. Nowadays, of course, obviously it's not. And it should have always been like that, right? So what do we do moving forward as a fan base of these kinds of things? It's hard to say. It's really, really hard to say. I want those who feel strongly about, you know, their uh, dislike of this type of behavior and all that to have their voice and speak out. And the best way to do so is honestly not to support the company. Now, with a property like Star Wars, I don't know how easily feasible that could be for a lot of people. Because like I said, I am extremely excited about this game. I'm extremely curious and I'm fully interested to see what's going to come out and what what this game is going to be like. But if you are you know, part of the LGBTQ community and you're a huge Star Wars fan, that's going to be tough for you. I get it. You know, I want you, though, to speak out. I want all of them to speak out, you know, and then hopefully what's going to result in this is that Cage is probably not going to be as involved. Maybe take a little step back and make those who are a little bit more socially responsible and better mannered take over this project, right? Don't know what's going to happen moving forward with this. 
No timeline was ever given about when to expect any kind of further looks into this game or when the game is expected to come out. I hope it doesn't lead to it being uber delayed or possibly canceled because of that. I highly doubt it because with a huge power like Star Wars, I mean, it's that's such a mega house that, you know, it's kind of hard just to sweep it under the rug. Not saying that it hasn't been done in the past. I mean, there has been lots of promised Star Wars games that we were all excited about and we never got to see the light of day. Uh, They never got to see the light of day, you know, so who knows? But I... I applaud the efforts to put a lot of this behavior uh, in the forefront because, like I said, it's been plaguing the video game industry for a very, very long time. We know it's been around Hollywood for decades, right? Um, And it's been joked about in the past. It's been kind of parodied and satired, you know, but there comes a time when that stuff needs to stop. And... You know, with everything that's transpired in the last couple of years, I'm glad that they're putting this more into the forefront and making those responsible for uh, those accused or those who, you know, are really in the wrong responsible for their actions and behaviors. And I think now is time to take uh, accountability in, in place uh, in the video game industry. You know, I also work for 13 years of my life in advertising. And that's another uh, industry that is plagued with frat behavior. Uh, again, I've seen many things. I've heard many things. I've worked for companies that have done a lot of stuff. And I did my best to speak out during my times there. you know. But there are many other people who don't. Those who may be directly involved. So, you know... I. It's just going to be interesting to really see how this is going to move forward. You know, like I said, Activision is going through a lot of their stuff right now. You know, that I think one of the biggest long lasting pieces of news when it comes to video game industry related news in 2021 is the Activision stuff, because it seems like every month there's something new. Right. Um, And then, of course, you had Ubisoft involved in some stuff. Uh, and now Quantic Dream here. So uh, I'm curious to hear, and I know this is a touchy subject for a lot of people, but I encourage you guys to, guys and gals, to voice your opinions and let me know how do you perceive this um, situation moving forward? Are you going to be a supporter for Quantic Dreams and their offerings? How does this taint your expectation and excitement for Star Wars Eclipse? Now, is it easy for you to kind of separate the the person from the art, right? You know, that's something that is always said, especially when it comes to movies, being able to separate the, the person from the, the artist, right? Um, when it comes to Mel Gibson, and when it comes to Kevin Spacey, you know, does this mean you can't go back and watch any more Kevin Spacey movies? Does this mean that you don't support anything Mel Gibson does in the future, even though he is probably one of the best directors in more recent years uh, out there? You know, or, you know, what have you. Um, we hear the same thing about music, right? R. Kelly, 
the biggest running joke always is like, okay, at a barbecue in the summer, when is it the right time to play an R. Kelly song? Or do you? You know, there was controversy for a while about Michael Jackson, right? Now I hear Michael Jackson still playing like at, you know, supermarkets and pharmacies and, and what have you. Um, but there was that huge debate, right? Is it still okay to hear Michael Jackson and listen to Michael Jackson? You know, Activision. Is it still okay to play Activision games? Well, obviously, there are tons and tons of people who still do, right? Because they have huge properties under their belt there, you know. But how does one support their belief and support what they think is right and not have their love of something suffer, right? So it's, it's a tough thing, but I think the best thing to do is voice your opinions, voice your thoughts. And quite honestly, I, I hate to say it, but the best way to show your support for something that you believe in right is by not supporting that company that is involved in the controversy. Where does that leave me with Star Wars Eclipse? I still have yet to see what's going to happen from all this. Like I said, we still have ways to go before this game is released. But we'll see what happens. You know, I didn't honestly, I look back in my library of stuff and history of things that I've played this past year, and I haven't touched an Activision game. You know, not because primarily because of what's happening, but because I, I'm just not a huge, huge fan of a lot of their offerings. I'm not a, you know, uh, Call of Duty guy, right? Uh, I may have played a little bit of it, but again, again, those games just aren't for me. You know, but where does that leave, you know, other games, right? Um, when it comes to movies, um, you know, I do have a tendency to be able to separate the person from the art. So when it comes to Mel Gibson related stuff, I would still watch it, but maybe more out of curiosity, right? Um, Kevin Spacey movies, his older movies, I haven't watched any of them recently. But I was very tempted to with the holidays. The Ref is one of my favorite or was one of my favorite holiday movies of all time. Unfortunately, Kevin Spacey's in that movie, you know. Um, but I love Dennis Leary. Annette Benning is amazing in that movie and but i haven't had a chance to revisit it baby driver love that edgar wright movie but kevin spacey's in it i haven't watched that movie in years uh but i thought about it recently you know so uh, there's also the question of time right like how much time can pass before it's okay to, to do something right it's it's really a tough tough balancing act and but hold your ground if you really feel strongly about something so um, I have a better way of separating those things and enjoying the art for what it is in the end I might end up doing the same thing when it comes to Star Wars Eclipse but I'm very very curious to hear about your thoughts and how you guys perceive all of this stuff all right 
very heavy topic there but it's i think it's a topic that needs to be talked about more um because maybe a lot of you aren't aware of a lot of this stuff um so it's good to really put this out in the forefront have conversations and discussions about it make the awareness the important part of it so that everyone has their voice and can speak out on how things are and by putting out more awareness that puts those who are responsible on note on blast change dude everyone involved needs to change and just be better you know and that, and that's the most that we can ask is just for people to be better and i know the last two years it's been difficult to be better with all this stuff happening all around us but that's not an excuse every day of your life you should always find a way find a way to be better and i think that's the most that we could ever ask from anybody um so yeah uh thank you for coming to my ted talk um all right um before we get into the last big thing here uh when we talk about the most anticipated movies of 2022 i'm gonna first take a sip of my coffee which happens to be bulletproof coffee uh so I'm a huge fan of Bulletproof Coffee. Uh, there are a lot of people out there like you guys and girls who love coffee. And one thing that I really love about coffee is when it's not so acidic. Uh, when it feels clean and healthy that I can drink but still gives me that boost of energy uh, to get me going every day. And Bulletproof Coffee is a perfect brand that is able to accomplish all that for me. Uh, bulletproof coffee is clean coffee and what does that mean well that just means that you know the processes that they use when they gather their beans they go through this long in-depth cleansing process to make sure that there are no chemicals or toxins within the beans that they farm and harvest they work with fully uh, self-sustained uh, energy efficient and um, environmentally compliant uh, farms that harvest these beans they're all certified um, you know rainforest farms uh, that uh, make sure they take care of the environment as they're doing what they need to do to gather these beans to be processed and provided to consumers like you and I um, and like I said no acidic taste very easy to drink but still have that enough energy fuel to get me going um, it's also keto friendly and works very well with a lot of diets that many of you may be, uh, you know, into. Um, they have this special um, drink concoction that you can make where you brew their coffee and you take a slice of butter that you can mix in there. And it's like a frothy, buttery latte that it acts kind of like a protein energy drink um, that you could add to your breakfast every day. Uh, really interesting stuff. You could find their recipe on the website. But you who are watching now who also want to help support the channel, it can go to the link in the description of this episode and use the discount code LOWKEYGEEK, all capital letters, one word, and get yourself 10% off your order. Um, like I said, you can't be wrong in trying them out. They even uh, have a starter pack set that includes three of their most uh, famous and well-known um, brews of coffee uh, or beans I should say um, and you could try it out and see which one is best for you moving forward so check out the link check out the website and if you are interested to try them out 
Let me know when you do because I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But do make sure to use the link in the description and use that discount code to get yourself 10% off. The holidays are over, but that doesn't mean you can't get, stop giving gifts. If there was someone on your list that you missed or you just, I don't know what to get them, but you happen to know that maybe they're into coffee, give them the gift of coffee with Bulletproof Coffee and get yourself a discount there. So all the information is listed in the description. And anytime you sign up and you use a discount code, you are also supporting the channel. And for that, I thank you and I appreciate it. So last thing I wanted to talk about now that the year is ending is... 2022 and when it comes to movies there's a lot of movies that are expected to come out next year and everyone has their own um, list of movies that they're really really excited for and they're really anticipating so what Fandango did is that they went ahead and that they surveyed a lot of their ticket um, buyers and viewers and they uh, polled what are the most anticipated anticipated movies for 2022 and the number one overall movie that everyone seems to be really excited for is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That's a sequel to the original Black Pan uh, Panther. Um, so here on the list, this is um, a list of all the movies, the top blockbuster movies that are anticipated for next year. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is number one. Number two is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That is a sequel to the previous Spider-Verse movie. The Batman, the new Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Jurassic World Dominion. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Avatar 2, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Top Gun, Maverick, and Mission Impossible 7. So out of, and I believe it was like 5,000 plus people that they polled. And these are the most anticipated movies in order from the poll that they did so very interesting stuff it's interesting to hear that is black panther leading the charge there especially with all the problems that they're having right now i feel bad for ryan coogler not look the most disappointing and heartbreaking thing to happen is the passing of chadwick boseman so we already know that moving forward with the Black Panther uh, storyline was going to be a tough one and a challenging one. Now, of course, there are, there are ways to do it. You could, you know, say that he's off somewhere or what have you and explain some mishap that, you know, prevents him from coming back. But then there was also people saying, and it sounds like this was going to happen, that Letitia Wright's Shuri, Shuri could take over the mantle. Now, again, if you've been following her career or her life in the past year or two and follow her on Twitter, you would see that she is involved in a lot of controversy herself. She is very outspoken about vaccinations and other things around the political world. And it's causing quite a bit of stir. Now, with Hollywood and how they're you know, protecting their productions and all that stuff like that, they are requiring mandates for vaccinations, and she is against that. So, uh, from what I last read, she has not been able to do anything on set for a while. 
And I believe she's even sequestered or she is quarantined or, or stuck somewhere where she can't even join the production currently right now. So what's going to happen with this movie? This movie is expected to come out on November 11th. I don't know. I'm more worried about that movie. Now, of course, I am very curious to see what's going to come out when it comes out. But this concerns me. So it will be interesting to see what's going to happen when this movie does come out. Now, other categories that they had here is like most anticipated action adventure movies that are non-superhero related. So Jurassic World Dominion, Avatar 2, Top Gun Maverick, Mission Impossible 7, and Uncharted. Um, So that's uh, interesting to see there. For... Animated family movies, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Pixar's Lightyear, Minions Rise of Gru, Fantastic Beats, Secrets of Dumbledore, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, Then you got, for horror movies, Halloween Ends, Scream, Jordan Peele's Nope, Orphan, First Kill, and The Black Phone. Uh, Then they have something about returning performances and and new performances and what have you. Um, so really interesting stuff to see there. Um, also, what they did is that they went ahead and polled um, ticket buyers about their recent experiences at movie theaters and their anticipated movie-going habits in the new year. So 94% of who they polled want to go to the theater more often in 2022 than they did in 2021. I think that's a given for a lot of people. Hopefully, situations will normalize or get better so that this allows that to happen more. 89% were gratified to see new movie releases on the big screen this year. 88% are excited by the 2022 lineup of theatrical releases. 86% picked action-adventure as one of their favorite genres. 80% hope to see five or more movies on the big screen in 2022. And 70% plan to see movies in premium large-screen formats whenever possible. All survey respondents saw at least one movie in a theater during the last year and were polled during the first three weeks of December. So basically, and what the article kind of mentions here too, is that it sounds like people are open to go to theaters as long as it's a big, uh, unforgettable experience. you know. And I think you saw that, especially when Spider-Man came out. Now, you would think movies like Dune would have done that. For a lot of people, but Spider-Man, and I say this over and over and time and time again, is that Spider-Man is, for general audience, uh, a well-known, likable character, especially with Tom Holland playing him now. Uh, it is a storyline that's very easy for everyone to understand, internationally as well. Um, that's why he's the most recognized comic book ha- character in all over the world. And this movie proved to be a huge event movie, especially when word of mouth came across about what happens in it. No spoilers here for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Um, But for those of you who have, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Because it spans generations, right? Um, So it sounds like people are really willing and open to going to movie theaters for those type of experiences, which makes perfect sense. But where does this leave like independent movies and all that? Well, 
you know, I think with streaming and the ability to stream day and date this year, it proved that a lot of people aren't that excited and thrilled to go to movie theaters to see a movie like King Richard or Spencer, right? Uh, House of Gucci. West Side Story. West Side Story was a great movie. I enjoyed that movie a lot. I thought Steven Spielberg did a wonderful job and the acting was phenomenal. With the exception of Ansel Elgort, but whatever. But that movie crapped at the box office. Because, it, you know, to be honest, it's geared towards an older generation with hopes to kind of capture a younger generation to be introduced for the first time or to have an appreciation for the, the the musical itself to maybe even go back and watch the original but it crapped at the box office it didn't do shit because those type of movies aren't what people were willing especially with this time that we're in right now, risk themselves to go out and watch. But if that thing was available on HBO Max, oh my God, I'm sure we would have been hearing about the numbers go through the roof. Just like in 2020 when Hamilton was released on Disney+. Plus, Right. And I think we're seeing that more and more where some of these low-tiered movies will get more attention on streaming releases or video on demand than theatrical releases. So what's that going to mean for th theaters moving forward? Does that mean that it's only going to play blockbuster movies? No, I don't think so. But it just shows you the mentality of the theater going audiences now, nowadays. I always do my best to support movie theaters. I love watching movies in general. I'm one of the few. You know, I am part of a community that loves going to movie theaters and watching movies in theaters. I also enjoy watching them at home. So I may pick and choose, but for the most part, I always will end up going to the theater because I just love sitting there in a somewhat communal experience watching a movie on the big screen. I love the big screen experience. I love the sound. And depending on the theater you go to, the popcorn is phenomenal. I'm telling you, it's mwah, choice real good stuff you know but times are changing and things need to adapt you know so we'll see what happens but it is just nice to see that theater going movie theater going audience are being a little bit more open now to go out and venture out and again spider-man no way home proving that people are willing to break the pandemic and go out in droves and watch this movie many like myself watch it over and over again you know, so those are some of the, so for me, I thought it'd be fun. Let's just look and see what are the top five movies that I am looking forward to the most for next year. Now, I'm not going to go in any particular order here. Um, I'll just start uh, the one. And I like to put focus on movies that we may not know too much about or we know enough, but I am very curious about execution, right? And I think, uh, and let me just get the names here once again. Um, the, one of them has got to be Lightyear. 
And as you could see, I suck at typing, especially when I'm recording myself. Lightyear from Pixar. Because based on the, the information that we got and the trailer that we got, this, this is supposed to be an origin story of the person that helped inspire Buzz Lightyear, right? As if we were treating it as if it was a, a real thing that happened. Um, it looks like a lot. it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a space adventure and it's Pixar. You know, you can't really go wrong with Pixar. Pixar has been doing a lot of good stuff lately and well, not just lately. I mean, for a while now. So I'm really, really curious to see how this movie is going to play out. You know, it sounds like uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's kind of like, again, it's origin story that led to Toy Story and Buzz Lightyear. And everyone went nuts for Buzz Lightyear when Toy Story came out. Does this mean it's going to lead to maybe a potential origin story about Woody, the person that inspires Woody? Um, I don't know. I hope not because that sounds a little cheesy. But this sounds like this could be cheesy too. But I am very curious to see how they're going to pull this off because if they do a good job with this, it's going to potentially lead to maybe adventures within this universe uh, of the person who inspired Buzz the character buzz um and i'm a sucker for space adventures and in animated form this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun so that's definitely one another one that i'm really anticipating for is the batman because of the recent trailer we just got they are going gritty with this they are really going dark and it feels like they're going more to the roots of some of the comics that came out that really lend to his detective skills and his investigations. Because we didn't get a lot of that with a lot of the Batman iterations. We got some. Like in the Nolan Batmans, you know. Um, but full-on gritty detective early stages of Batman. Year one. I know that that's been thrown around a lot. It also reminds me a lot of like the Arkham games. You know, it, it, it lends a lot of that um, grittiness and detective-like uh, situations. Some of the characters look like their portrayals in the Arkham games. I'm very curious to see how uh, Zoe Kravitz is going to play her Catwoman, Selina Kyle. You know, how the Riddler looks like. I mean, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. I mean, that dude looks amazing. Hardly even recognizable. But that could be something that's really worthy to see and and be portrayed on the big screen. So I am very, very curious to see how the Batman's going to play out. And if this, and if they pull it off, then... I, I, I'm going to be very excited to see what else is going to come out of it because I'm also a huge Matt Reeves fan. Love the Planet of the Apes series. And seeing what he was able to do with that, I, I can't be excited enough for the Batman. I think it's going to be a phenomenal movie. So the Batman, definitely looking forward to that. Next on my list is Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness.
how can you not be excited about this if you're a Marvel fan? With everything going on, with how we were teased at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home, and now that trailer is out, that they officially released, everything that transpired in WandaVision, how can you not be excited for what's going to happen in this movie? You know, we're definitely going to get a lot more uh, storylines within about the multiverse, what's happening now. Again, if you also watched What If, we get to see Doctor Strange Supreme. If that is Doctor Strange Supreme, which I do think it is, we're going to see how that plays out, you know. So very, very, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but this could potentially open the gateway no pun intended to so many things happening within the MCU one of the f- coolest things but also confusing things about the MCU right now is that they're all over the place there's no steady through line of what phase 4 is you have the multiverse you have the cosmic stuff and space stuff with the eternals you have the more grounded things with like hawkeye and you know captain america and the winter soldier right and then of course you have the multiverse stuff right loki wanda doctor strange then we're also getting secret invasion and we're also getting armor wars and all that sky's the limit with with all the marvel stuff right now so where what is phase four phase four is all that right so that's why it's such an interesting time right now for marvel and so far, I have not hated anything that they've been putting out. You know, we know Shang-Chi is going to be involved in things, right? Uh, you got Florence Pugh as the Black Panther, as a Black Panther, sorry, Black Widow. You know, looks like they're gearing towards the Young Avengers. It's just so much stuff. You know, and it's so exciting. And Doctor Strange in Multiverse of Madness is going to be one of those movies that I think is going to lend itself to what we are going to potentially see again moving forward. And it's 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 fun. It's exciting. It's a lot of fun. So really, really looking forward to that. Uh, another one on my list, obviously, is Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. And now it's called Across the Spider-Verse, right? I, I believe, yeah. Across the Spider-Verse, yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of the first one. What they were able to accomplish in that movie, animated movie, was phenomenal. The animation style, the, the character building, the... You know, the the alternate versions of Spider-Man that they introduced us to. The relationships. You know, everything just worked perfectly well. Um, And it was one of those movies that I'll always remember when I saw it for the first time. How it really felt like they were pulling panels from the comics and animating them. And just the style and the way they were able to edit everything together was just so well done um and very very exciting to watch and now knowing that you know 
we're getting Miles, who looks like he's in college now, and Spider-Gwen comes back, and we know that they have this really cute relationship between the two. Seeing what they're going to do moving forward, now we got Spider-Man 2099 involved. So it's it's going to be a blast. Another fun roller coaster ride, which I'm totally looking forward to, and I can't wait to experience. Are they going to incorporate a lot of stuff that was transpired in No Way Home? You know, it. everyone says, and I kind of agree, that Spider-Verse lend itself to the whole multiverse thing that was started happening. And, you know, what transpired in No Way Home. So I'm so super excited to see what the possibilities are there. So that is definitely something I can't wait to watch. And I know a lot of people out there and a lot of people listening and watching are looking forward to Spider-Man across Spider-Verse more so than anything else next year. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But for me, the most highly anticipated movie for next year is Top Gun Maverick. I did an episode months ago, I think back in October, when I was talking about the rest of the movies coming out for the year. And I said my most anticipated movie coming out and quite possibly for the whole year was Ghostbusters Afterlife. I knew Spider-Man was going to be fun. I didn't expect it to be as amazingly fun and great as it what we got. But I knew it was going to be good. Ghostbusters Afterlife was a big question mark. Could have gone either way. And I ended up really loving that movie. Plus, I'm a huge sucker for Ghostbusters. I'm also a huge sucker for anything 80s. Top Gun is one of those movies that came out in the 80s that hit me at the right time. It's full-on 80s action, drama, adventure, whatever you want to call it. Machismo, right? Many say it's a guy's flick. I saw this movie in the movie theater at a special screening that I had no idea I was watching. I was brought by my mom's friend and my mom, and we saw it in the theaters together, and then I was surveyed and polled afterwards. I was probably way too young to watch this movie. But I remember it stuck with me. And the action, the flight scenes, all that stuff was so much fun. Yeah, it has the cheesy moments like the you know the beach scene with the volleyball and all that. Um, but like the relationship he, you know, Maverick had with Goose and all that stuff. It was so much fun. And it's a movie that I can happily watch over and over again. Then if you remember, if you had a Nintendo or you played Nintendo, they had the Top Gun game that came out. That was tons of fun, even though it was so difficult to freaking land that thing on the aircraft carrier. But that was a game I play, replayed over and over again. And I've been dying to see what potential or what possibility they could do with another movie within this franchise. They've been teasing us with this movie for the last three or four years. And this movie was supposed to have come out two years ago. And they kept pushing it and pushing it because of the pandemic and all that stuff like that. We've gotten trailers. It was finally supposed to be released this year, I believe in November. And it had to be pushed again. But the fact that they're pushing it time and time again means that they're extremely confident that this is going to do well in the movie theaters. My thoughts. I feel like that's what they feel because they may have something big here. 
And I want to see Tom Cruise back in that role of Maverick. You know, the older statesman now. Working with these younger generation of fighter pilots or drone pilots or whatever the case is. And I think this is going to be a fun ride. And I can't wait to see it. You know, I could be completely wrong. It could be like crap on a platter, right? Shit on a stick. But I'm still willing to wait and see for myself. You know, we've seen the success like Cobra Kai has had, you know, bringing back another 80s franchise, moving it forward with like an old, the older generation and the younger generation. And, you know, tomorrow, as of the taping of this, they're going to have already uh, season four on Netflix, which I can't wait for. So I'm super excited. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. And for me, this is my number one most anticipated movie of next year what are yours do let me know in the comments i'm very very excited and interested to hear what your thoughts are and what your most anticipated movies are for next year and this this list that we looked at doesn't even cover a lot of like the independent movies a lot of the smaller tier movies because those movies come out and surprises a lot of us you know, we don't expect movies like that to be huge because it's so much easier to focus on these major blockbusters, big studio movies and all that stuff like that. But there are always a lot of hidden gems out there. And I'm also looking forward to being introduced to a lot of those. This past year, good examples for me, Pig, the Nicolas Cage movie. That is probably one of my best movies of the year. Spencer, very well done in acted movie, you know, heartbreaking and thrilling, right? Uh... I may, I might even say a movie like Lamb, you know, surprised the hell out of me. It looked like it was a nutty movie, but I actually really appreciated it. Will I call it my top 10? Maybe, maybe not. But movies like that, I, I have so much joy and excitement in experiencing for the first time because like I said, you never know what's going to hit you. And that's one great thing about movies is that it's so subjective and everyone takes something away from it. And I am always looking forward every year to what movies will do that for me. And I'm sure a lot of you are hoping and looking forward to the same for next year. So let me know in the comments what you're looking forward to. Uh, and let's have a fun and thrilling discussion about all that stuff as we gear up for 2022. So, guys, that's about it. That's the end of the show. That's the end of the Talking Talk Pod showcast for 2021. Thank you again for tuning in. And thank you so much for all of your support. All of, uh, you know, dealing with my inconsistencies throughout the year. Um, but a lot of you still come back and still show your love and support by watching, uh, engaging, you know, listening to the podcast, you know, spreading the word, sharing and all that stuff like that. So for all of you, Mazel Tov, huge thanks to all of you. Uh, like I said, if you are new or you maybe came on later in the year, thank you for joining the ride. I'm looking forward to bigger and better things in, uh, in 2022. A lot of stuff in the head, in the noggin here, as far as like what I have in store and what I want to um, accomplish for the channel and the brand itself and you know the community it's all about the community and i'm looking forward to building this community bigger brighter you know better than other communities maybe um but 
thank you again for joining in and tuning in don't forget hit that like button and if you haven't done so yet don't forget to subscribe and spread the word check out that bulletproof coffee get yourself that nice discount in the description if you are an audio listener thank you so much for listening on audio format and podcast form don't forget you could find this show and others especially next year um on your podcast platform of choice just look for the low-key geek channel on um you know podcast platforms like apple spot uh, apple spotify could you imagine if apple and spotify merge oh my god that'll be nuts but apple podcast and spotify um show your support and as always this year has been tough for a lot of us and you know mental health is something that is always often ignored but should never be so if you're feeling down and out or you know stressed out in any way take some time for yourself withdraw from all your electronics or maybe you know just certain forms of electronics whether it's social media or what have you give yourself some time read a book talk to a friend call somebody up spend some time with family if you can safely you know play a favorite video game of yours watch a favorite movie catch up on a tv show that you've been dying to watch give yourself that moment to wind down and relax and get yourself back into a positive space and as always stay cool stay classy and stay safe let me say that over again stay cool stay classy and stay safe and i'll catch all of you guys in the new year peace